Welcome to the Other World's GG Community Cast. I am Table for Two, and this is episode number 11. I am joined, per usual, by my two co-hosts, Mellified and Alien Pickle. How y'all doing? Being Woo! eaten by a minotaur. Getting eaten <laughs> by a minotaur? Well, I was, but I've ended him. Oh. Congratulations. That's oh. right. It's uh, Minotaur, it's what's for dinner. Is that the uh, tagline? <laughs> it's the other, the other white meat. <laughs> well, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it just be beef? Like they're bowls. So. <laughs> I, I, maybe I guess yeah, partially. Partially. Uh, I wish that I wish there was. Well, there's centaurs, right? But there's no like horseman, like Bojack Horseman, <laughs> and <laughs> that would be really cool to actually have. Like, and instead of like, I'm playing an elf. I'm playing a, a dwarf. I'm playing a Bojack Horseman. <laughs> 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 and it's and it's literally a human with a horse head, Arch, Archie well, McPhee I mean, mask. I mean, like you have you have Elder Scrolls Online, which you can play as like a Khajiit or like a you know. Uh, did a did you sneeze there? Excuse you. <laughs> Sorry, are you the cat person? Khajiit. <laughs> yes. Or um, you know, like as a lizard person, why not? Like why not a horse man? <laughs> It seems like it could fit. They long undiscovered uh, uh, horsey isle off the coast, you know. Yeah, World of Warcraft style. Just like it's been, it's been here the whole time. You just didn't mm-hmm. know. Khajiit yeah. has content if you have <laughs> DLC. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I I love me some Khajiit memes. That's for sure. That's yeah, funny. well, Hun- Hunter found out that he was wrong because I was like, "Oh hey, yeah, bro, all right. you should you all should right. like sign Thank up you. and you know like." Pay the pay the monthly because you get like all the DLC content, and he's like, "Bro, I bought all the DLC content," and I was like, "Really?" Because I never heard about those thousands of dollars <laughs> that you <laughs> that you blew because he didn't realize how much DLC there really is. So, so my then problem he logged was, in. So my problem was this: I bought the collector's edition of the latest uh, um, game expansion that just came out. There's another one coming out this summer, right? So the the gray the gray more right is that what it was is that what I'm thinking of yeah so they they have the I did the collector's edition of that so I've got the collector's editions of like all of the expansions but what I didn't realize because I'm an idiot is that <laughs> well I wouldn't go that far but you can <laughs> well no I was I was an idiot because I thought those collector's editions came out with all of the content up to that point uh-huh. like a World of Warcraft where you buy the latest version of the thing, you get all of the content up to that point, right? Well, and you kind so, of do for the major expansions, right? You don't right. get the, the DLC dungeons. But, yeah. but but that's where you're going, is that it doesn't include that the fact that this game has additionally added DLC content that there is a lot of, and it's expensive to buy all of it. Yes, because it's about $20 a pop, because... 2000 crowns is 20 bucks. Um, did, did you see like, okay, the crown store, that's a thing in this game. Right. And maybe, maybe that's a thing that we should talk about. Maybe not today, but like research it across other MMOs of how do their cash shops work? Because this is a very unique thing to this game where it is not a free game. It's a buy it and play it game. And there is a monthly subscription, but it's optional, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas Warcraft, you pay 40, 60, 
even $80 if you click the wrong button like I did and <laughs> buy, and buy the freaking turbo deluxe. Um, but, but it was like, yeah, with that latest Warcraft expansion that came out, you get all the prior stuff, right? Because you bought the most current one. But if you're an active subscriber, then the next one comes out and you got to come off another 40, 60 bucks. Right. So, but they, they are pretty infrequent. Like, what is it like two, three years in between Warcraft expansions at this yeah, point? Yeah, two, two years roughly. Uh, roughly yeah. About, yeah. Yeah. But that's a, but not only is it a huge influx of money for the price of uh, basically buying a new game, but then it also brings all the people that let their subscriptions lapse flooding back in to spike the monthly sub numbers at, at least for a month or two. Right. I feel like that's that's kind of what happens is they spike the subs like they, they pick up like five million relapse players and then they fade back out again once they've burnt through the content in the new. It, it takes them two two years to make an expansion and about two months for people to to actually consume it. And then they're gone again until the next one comes out. Which that seems to be the the pattern, yeah. Yeah. So, so ESO so, does does it weird though because they're continuously trickling out these like twenty dollar expansion things, right? And then they'll put out like the forty dollar one once a year. Seems to be how it is. Um, but if if the little twenty dollar ones that come in between, if you're a monthly subscriber, you just get them while you're subscribed as soon as you turn the subscription off they go away but the game also has an in-store an in-game cash shop thing complete with loot crates which really kind of pisses me off because i figured out the mechanics of how those work because i was like where are these people getting these cool mounts that i'm seeing because in warcraft it was like how do i get that well there's a wiki and you go and it's like oh i want this uh this weird like fairy dragon thing that you ride. Well, what do I have to do? Well, here's the quest line. And then you get to whatever and you have to find the thing and then an achievement unlocked and you get awarded that mount. So you can tell that the person that's riding the mount actually did that stuff, right? That's, that's their EP for, I did it right. Well, in ESO, it's more like, yeah, I, I get my 1600 crown coins that comes from the $16 that I pay in the subscription price, right? Cause it's about, you know, a dollar a hundred. So that think, think of it in, in terms of, uh, yeah, like pennies, right? <laughs> it's like 1600 pennies. So a crown crate costs like 5,000 pennies. So that would be five bucks or right. Or whatever, 500, whatever math, hard money. Um, but Anyway, it's like, well, it's five bucks for this loot crate. And then the loot crate randomly might have that mount in it. And that's the only way to get the mount because there's like six, eight mounts, whatever, that are part of the game or that you can just outright buy in the cash shop. But the rest of them are all random drops out of loot crates. And I think their defense on that is, well, we give you free loot crate money because you're a subscriber. So it's not like you're paying additional for that, but I just hate that it's a damn slot machine. But it's interesting that this game is not a forced monthly subscription, but not a free game, but it still has a monthly subscription and it still has a cash shop 
So it's like a hybrid of all things, right? Yeah. So it's like I can buy the game, I can sub to the game, or I can play the cash shop to get so, the pieces of the game I want. So before we get too much deeper into that, what are we talking about today? We're talking about uh, Persistent Worlds. So, uh, Professor Mellified, what the hell does that mean? Well, uh, that, Hunter, means we define Persistent Worlds as games where when you log off, the world continues on. It persists without you. All right, I'll stop doing the stupid is that Is that like my ARC server? Because it's yeah, still well, there or whenever. Yeah. In, and in so, a way, yeah. MMOs are like World of Warcraft are kind of the best known example, but games where you run your own copy of the world, uh, like Ark, Conan, Exiles, and Rust, also kind of fit into this. And, you know, there are weird games like Fallout 76 that do a little bit of both. Um, so we thought this was kind of an interesting space to explore. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Fallout so 76 is, uh, is another very strange. Why is it Zenimax is involved in all these like experimental hybrid models? Because that's what's in yeah, common, so, there, right? So this is a this is a great starting point. It's actually you know you you start off with the preamble there of the like these the the in game stores and the and the way the the monetization works in some of these persistent worlds is definitely interesting. So like the old school the old school way of doing say a persistent world, which on on a lot of levels was like an MMO, right? So. You know, back back in the early days of like Ultima Online, EverQuest, uh, Star Wars Galaxies, Eve Online, like the very early days, you you paid a monthly subscription, typically in the fifteen dollar range, and you got access to that world. Of course, after buying the initial copy of the game, right? Other MMOs came along the way and did models a little differently. You buy the game and then you play the game for free after that. So like your your Guild Wars and your Guild Wars Two and stuff like that. Um, very similar. Yeah, and which was who pioneered the free freemium cash shop? Like you pay nothing for this MMO, but then I if you I want to actually advance, I, I couldn't tell you where that that was pioneered other than i know that it was a heavily influenced asian market yeah. uh thing that they that they did in the asian market especially for mobile style games that trickled its way over into the west and yeah i i, I do feel like it was mobile market made that happen because people were like hey here's the thing about like in-app currency and, and, I, and we I, could sorry and i think to that point I think to that point where and where it kind of started to show here first was in MOBAs. So like your League of Legends, your Dota's, right? Like, well, Dota, I think you had to buy, but League of Legends, um, isn't League of Legends free to play? Um, I mean, maybe I it is. That. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, so, it's free to play, but then you have to deal with whatever random heroes they give you <clears> that week. Sure. So if you if you want to have persistence, you have to pay for, for sure. Right. But 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 again, that's where these kind of things kind of started to trickle out was these style of games that were more free to play that became that were like really popular, especially they they great they, they excuse me, they gained international popularity. Um, it was, you know, it was easy to get into that kind of thing. That's where I feel like a lot of this stuff really started. And then the monetization scheme that then happened on top of that. Uh, and the, I mean, the, there's no perf there's no better example than like uh, Fortnite, right? Like Fortnite's just a huge example of that. Um, yeah, and then and then you end up with all the cash shop 
problems in those games where it, it's like, well, this game's pay to win now. Well, why? Because it is adversarial in some aspect of the game and I can get an upper hand by throwing money at it. Right. And given, <clears throat> see, I, I never understood until I actually knew some people who went to work for a mobile gaming company. Right. And, and it's, uh, like the, the concept of a whale, like, okay, I can see somebody that pulls their phone out and they, they screw around with candy crush or I, I don't even know the names of mobile games. Right. So there's like candy crush and there's all those like kingdoms games and whatever. And it, and it's like, okay, those things have like timers and stuff in them, especially like the kingdoms games. Do, do you remember the old BBS door games and how there was one of those that was, that was called like empire or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and it was actually like, it, it was almost like playing romance of the three kingdoms, but in text mode. Cause it's like, well, how much food do you want to plant this mm -hmm. season? And how many, how many peasants do you want to train into an army? And, you know, it was very simple economics thing, but it was about conquest of, territory right and it, and it was like some some economic decisions but then on the message board side you would make alliances with other people and just be like hey we're gonna go over here and screw with these guys and that kind of thing uh and then that has turned into its own genre especially in the mobile space in fact if you remember that that one foot uh, it was a uh, uh Super Bowl. That's the word I'm looking for. The Super Bowl. And <laughs> the, <laughs> did, did you see where the Wall Street bets guys actually bought a Super Bowl ad this oh year? Oh my god! No. They, yes, yes, they did. Oh, that's spectacular. You know, you know how much money that shit costs, and they were like, "We bought this 15 second Super Bowl ad with our with our the money that we stole from hedge funds because screw those guys." And you know, <laughs> we didn't think we were actually going to make it, but we did. And, now we're just doing our victory lap. Good night. <laughs> yeah. wow. It was just like, we're just here to waste their money in their face. And you know, yeah, it was funny, but I've seen some people do some really cool stuff with that, that money that they robbed out of there too, which was like, you know, some like go to some pediatric cancer ward thing and like pay off chemo for 10 kids, stuff like that. Right. So it was, it was just like, Oh, okay, well that's amazing. So, but, but anyway, um, there was a Super Bowl ad that had, I can't remember her name. She was the Sports Illustrated cover model, right, that year. And they paid however many millions of dollars, and she got paid, like, I don't know, $10 million herself for being in the ad for 30 seconds or something. And it was for this freaking mobile game that that was basically, hey, how many crops do you want to plant this year? <laughs> Right. Mm. It's the exact same thing as the BBS door game, which you can find a bunch of on Steam as well, because they, they have been ported from mobile over to PC. But it's the thing of I had a friend that went to work for Zynga and he was telling me about the actual economic habits of their player base. And I was freaking aghast. <laughs> OK, like that Super Bowl ad probably got paid for by about 20 of their players like like their top 20 whale spenders probably paid for that whole super bowl thing because i i don't know why but they just shovel money 
into that furnace. Well, it's it's kind of like, like the, it's the Flappy Bird thing, right? It's the Flappy Bird phenomenon. Like that guy who made Flappy Bird made out like a bandit just for making the simplest, dumbest thing, right? Now you take that simplest, dumbest thing, and then you multiply that into a game where there's like um, you, you gotta like build stuff. Well. If you want this to build faster, you can spend some gems on it. Well, if you're out of gems, then you can buy some gems. So here, how about you buy, you know, 50 gems for five bucks? And it's yeah. just like, oh, oh sure, oh, but well, the thing, I can spend but the thing five costs, bucks. But, then, but the thing costs 45 gems. So now you got five gems left over you can't spend until you add some more gems. That's Microsoft right. bucks. Wait a minute. Microsoft right. pioneered that shit on the Xbox. <laughs> yeah. So so that's the mechanics of that. So then that, that starts to translate over into some of these persistent world games like this where these traditional these traditional MMOs um all of a sudden become very interesting in how they how they handle their monetization. Now I personally prefer a monetization scheme that says, hey, we're free to play and we give you X amount of stuff, but if you subscribe, it just unlocks everything kind of like star wars the old republic does but the other thing too is if maybe you don't want to like subscribe maybe you only want to like pay for certain things and you don't want to like necessarily have everything well then like you can buy that that character type and you can unlock it for five bucks so you'd make right. a one-time payment for five bucks and then like you know you, you have you can play as like a, a rodian or something like i don't yeah know. but like the ones the ones that i find interesting is uh I can't remember the name of the game. It just got re-released. And the one that they re-released was, was a, uh, like we took the cash shop economy out, but you got to pay 25 bucks to get the game now. And I, I can't think of what the name of it was, but the reason why is because when they put the cash shop shit in it, it, it did not at all change like the cosmetics in the game or the, uh, like the gameplay experience, right? You would have exactly the same playing the game experience as any other player. But what what made a difference is the economic part of the game. Like if you were into the crafting and in-game economy, then you could do like 11 crafting jobs a day and another player could only do 10. So if you wanted to pay money to get that extra thing, right? Which didn't seem like a lot because it's it's just like, well, what's plus one out of 10, right? But that's 10% boost. And over a long term, you have a significant advantage, right? So people were just righteously pissed <laughs> that that they, it's like, well, they got to monetize the game and they, they chose like the lowest impact thing. But surprisingly, a lot of people were super invested in like playing the economy of that game. It would be like, eve as a fantasy mmo but it's all about that marketplace and you know and all the people just running around killing dwarves and and pigeons and stuff and picking up loot chests and whatever though those that's like your farmer base but you're actually a rail baron <laughs> you know if you're playing the game as the economy game so but people got really pissed because the cash shop specifically fiddled with the economy in a very low key way that was actually profound. If you looked at it too hard. Well, what I find interesting though, like kind of moving on from that is, you know, with, with the MMO persistent worlds, not necessarily like the standalone server persistent worlds, but the MMO persistent worlds, 
the thing that is that has come to play in all of these games, it seems like, is you get daily login rewards. Yeah, what the hell is that about? You get rewarded just for logging in. Well, it keeps people coming into the game because it also inflates their numbers, right? Like how many how many logins did you have this month? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like engagement, I guess is the word that we want. Um, Yeah, I hate that word. But yes, but yeah. So (laughs) are you an influencer with engagement? Oh god, how much? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we should just make like a list of all the buzzwords involved in so. so yeah. Elder Elder Scrolls Online does this. Eve Online does this, um, which which is interesting. And then there was another game that I found out the other. Oh yeah, Star Wars: The Old Republic is doing daily login rewards now. Like I was just I was kind of shocked about that. I was like, wow, I was not expecting that. So um, so pro tip: if you are interested in a game that has these daily rewards, but you don't actually have time to play it, or you're busy with other stuff make a point of doing the daily login and that's it because you will typically get so much stuff over time that if you're not playing and you do finally go to play, you'll have a huge uh, advantage to catching up. Like um, Elder Scrolls gives away, you know, crazy stuff that that is super helpful. So what needs to happen is somebody needs to write a utility much, much like the guy. (laughs) Yeah. The guy's, the guy's $4 thing that like launches your launcher for you. Yep, and updates yep. your games. He needs to write like a four dollar app that just launches all your MMOs, logs in, logs out. I'm just waiting for the moment. I'm just waiting for the day when like Star Trek Online adds in the daily logins because they don't. I don't think they have the daily login stuff yet. <clears throat> I am I am deeply shocked that they did not because yeah, yeah, that seems to be the MO specifically with that company is their monetization stuff has always been really weird like the the what well, it's not cryptic anymore right like who who is that these days star trek um yeah it's, it's cryptic in the title screen but i don't know what the yeah because perfect, perfect worlds i guess is yeah they it now. they sold it to right so um yeah and thinking about cryptic makes me think about city of heroes which everybody wanted back oh. so bad i wanted it back so bad and and then it's back, and I haven't really played it, and I feel bad. <laughs> well, it's like it's it's, it's like it's, when it's, it's not available, you want it. But yeah, yeah, but it's like, oh my god, it's inaccessible. I want it so bad, and then it's like, hey guys, it's back, and it's like, oh yeah, cool. Well, <laughs> I wonder like if my that's... desperation is gone. I was gonna say, I wonder if that's the phenomenon with World of Warcraft Classic, because it was it was a fight to get that, you know, from Blizzard, and then. I guess they throw it in with a regular subscription, so maybe that keeps people coming back for it, but Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean it's like I did play it a little bit when I resubbed a while. I was like, all right, I gotta check this out. <clears throat> and then I realized it it's like, okay, yeah, it was harder, but it was also like a hundred times more tedious. And I enjoy the increased difficulty. I do not like the tedium that this was right and, and yeah. it's like okay so we can't have like a happy balance but sure well um, well i think it, i think i think for me part of the part of the problem that i ran into with with the wow classic because like i i resubbed up for several months too was is i was still too busy playing not wow classic to have time <laughs> to play wow classic Mm, right yeah and it's not and it's not that i didn't it's not that i didn't want to play wild classic i i did but like it was just like i i was already spending so much time doing this other stuff because i have still yet to like 
you know, they've added so much more content than when I was last playing that I've bought the last two expansions, but I've yet to play that content, right? right. So I'm just, I'm still just trying to get caught up on, on that. And then on top of the fact that they now have this wild classic thing in here, it's just like, well, I would love to play this. I just don't have the time to play it. It's, it's, that's the problem that I've run into. So, yeah, I just found that it was an interesting place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, but speaking so, of, so speaking of Star Trek Online, though, you were talking about subscription models. So, so keeping on that bandwagon, what was interesting about Star Trek Online is, is they've gone, they've got a completely unique route. You can either play the game for free. Or you can buy the lifetime subscription and call it a day. And how Bam. much does the lifetime subscription cost? One uh, time three hundred dollar fee, but usually it goes on sale for a hundred and fifty bucks. Okay, so at a hundred and fifty bucks, that's ten months of a fifteen dollar subscription, and yep. then you have it for life. And when you think of it that way, it's not as bad. But when you think of it as I'm gonna buy a three hundred dollar wad of DLC for a free game <laughs> in one bite, then I, I just, I choke. It's just, uh, no. But if you think, if you actually are going to play it for a year for the rest of your life, if you get 10 consecutive months out of it or whatever, uh, good deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but if you buy, if you buy the content thing, does that mean you have all the ships? Like all the all the cash <clears throat> shop shit is is gone, or no. do you still have to buy freaking dilithium so, crystals or whatever so, they sell? So, so the, the 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 dilithium and the sea store thing still exists. However, you get a monthly injection of five hundred sea store bucks, right? That you can instantly sell and get like a whole buttload of dilithium for, right? Like, so you can you can sell that instantly, or you can save up your free money that you keep getting from from all of that to buy like uh -huh. the expansion like they call them the expansion packs they're not really like it's not like expansion like content what it is it's like it's like a pack for an expansion that has like a whole bunch of like ships and items and all kinds of things that you can mm, buy for okay. that okay so, so that that is essentially identical to elder scrolls's thing of if you are subscribing monthly then you get premium cash shop currency yeah, yeah, yes equivalent no. to the money. If if I, instead of spending $15 on the subscription, if I had spent $15 in, in in-game currency, I would have that. So if I pay for the subscription, I get that equivalent amount of the currency as well. So it's kind of like a double. Right. But here's, thing. but here's, and, but here's, but here's where the difference lies between what you're talking about with ESO and Star Trek Online. Yeah, so well, I'm ESO, just saying that I'm saying the common theme is... <clears throat> right, no, I, I get the common theme. But the thing with yeah. ESO, you have to keep buying all the new content. So, like, a new content drops, you have to, like, buy it. Expansion uh -huh. Pass, you have to buy it. DLC, you have to buy it. But then, yeah, but, but the but thing with this up is... The, if you save up the premium currency that you're getting for free as part of your subscription, then you can buy that content with. But they know people don't because people spend it as they get it. Right. Well, so so the other thing I was going to say, though, is with Star Trek, though, is even when you don't have the lifetime sub, all all new gameplay content is still free. Um, certain things are still kind of locked behind closed doors, though, so you don't get like some of the extra little perks here and there. Mm. Um, but like, you know, with with the injection of like the 500 Zen a month, 
like you can sit on that for you know a few months and rack that up and then you could buy all kinds of like in-game ships and all kinds of stuff like that so it's it, it it's it's interesting they also monetize the game in a different way too and on the back end with their c store so like their c store has stuff so like as you're playing the game some of the things that like that the characters will drop will be these like um these um these crates right those crates require a key so like you don't necessarily need the crates you don't necessarily like they don't they're it's just like extra stuff that you could get out of the crate but you have to have a key in order to open that crate and they sell the keys on the C store. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that that's another mechanic that is maddening in games because but the, like, but that... hey, here's here's a loot crate that you can't open. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want to buy a way to open that loot crate? Because it's not it's not that I'm buying the loot crate. I'm just buying the means to open the loot crate that I already have. So it changes the psychology of it. Even though you're just buying a freaking loot crate. <laughs> right it's just like well no i already have the crates i just can't use them and it and it, it makes me itch and i have to <laughs> yeah yeah no i'm with you these the i am such a sucker for these systems it's bad, really bad yeah and yeah. oddly mech warrior online did that thing and it was just like wow okay so interesting yeah so so the the different economic models of of the different things i i guess it uh, it basically came from world war you know in the beginning there were many <laughs> mmos and then there was the one true mmo world of warcraft and no one could compete even though everybody called their game the wow killer yeah. but they did not so then the only thing that could compete with wow because the west just said well we're done just don't even try and then Asia said, oh, but wait, we have this new economic model and we can get the game into everybody's hands for free and get, you know, easy adoption and then milk the money out of the people that it sticks. So that became the only way to compete with WoW. And then it has made its way to the American market where it's it's more like Western developers are saying, hmm, that is an interesting way to get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I guess the we, we needed the Chinese to acclimatize us to the notion that it wasn't completely abhorrent, and then once we got weak on it, then we could exploit our own with it. It, it <laughs> sure it, it sure seems like it because um, all of these are psychological tricks to maximize the likelihood that somebody's gonna you know buy in or or spend money yeah so uh speaking of psychological trickery right back whenever the guy who was also for a while there the finance minister of greece i can't remember his name it's a greek name uh but he was uh actually the head of economics at valve right so this was in the era when the valve uh like holiday sales were mm. also very gamey, right? It was like, oh yeah, you know, while you shop in the store, you're also playing this this slot machine thing, and we're randomly gonna switch which games are on how much discount. It's not just like a flat sale. It's like the prices are gonna shift around. So we're gonna play the shell game. Do I buy this game now or do I keep waiting and see? Oh wait, it it, it was like it was like the video game stock market, right? It was yeah. like, oh wait, hey. Half-Life 2 
the price just went down quick by the dip <laughs> and we're back in wall street bets uh so you know were you diamond hands on the on the steam store <laughs> yeah but but you know it it was really the steam sale was like a psyop it it was just like let's play games with the customers and see how they react to this economic flux situation of unstable prices of of a week of price chaos right and and it, i found that it was just really interesting that the guy that was like the evil mastermind of that ended up going to run finance for an entire country afterwards it was like wow and as soon as he left all that shit stopped it's just like they they play no more silly games with the customers mm. well i'm sure that had to result in a lot of customer complaints though because if i bought the game and then tomorrow it's five bucks cheaper like that's not going to feel good well that's true and um, you know you know i didn't realize that that the like chinese new year sale was going to go on Right. And I I paid the thirty dollars for the Graymore DLC and I bought it at like eleven o'clock at night. And then I looked about two hours later and oh shit, it's for sale for nine bucks. <laughs> it's two hours. And I sent in I, I I just kindly sent like a refund thing. I was like, hey, I just bought this like two hours ago and the price just dropped by sixty seven percent. Right. Right. So can we maybe split the difference? I don't want to refund the game. I, I just kind of want to wish that I'd waited for two hours because, you know, um, and then they wrote back. They're like, no, you've already played it for two hours. Plus, it's DLC and we don't refund DLC. Uh, OK, sure. But yeah, that was just my my you, you reminded me of that because yeah, that's kind of they, they did get me. Yeah, it's like, ah, eh, whatever. But still. Well, I, I think one thing that's kind of neat with the way that ESO does it is you can play, if you buy the game, you can play a substantial amount of content, um, which is, you yeah. know... Everybody you pass has a quest for you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And some of them are better than others, as you'd expect. But generally speaking, for the, the buy-in price of $60 or whatever for the latest expansion, you are getting a ton of content. There is a, a, a significant value there. If you want to do the high-end dungeons, that's where the DLC comes in that you have to buy extra. But you really only need it if you're at the end game, if you've already kind of burned through everything else there is to do. Yeah, and the the glorious thing about this is that because the sale is going on right now, this game is $9 with all of the content other mm -hmm. than the, the shop stuff, but all of the major expansions that you would have bought up until the latest one which is uh nine dollars right now so for twenty dollars you can get the full game all the expansions that have come out forty dollars a year up till now plus the one that i just got robbed twenty dollars for <laughs> and you know, on friday night um so yeah there, there's that well, and that's and that's the thing is I think that there's still a great value proposition there if you do nothing else, right? You pay right. your your twenty bucks and you're in and you've got a ton of stuff to do. If you want to play, you know, do more when you've got to the end of the game, that's where the DLC comes in, like I was saying. And if you want to do crafting, if you want to do, um, you know, faster leveling and things like that, that's where the subscription m makes sense. 
And then you also don't have to buy the end game stuff and you get the crowns, as you say, uh, with that to buy some nice cosmetics for your character. But I think it's important to point out ESO's shop is all cosmetics with a handful of exceptions. Yeah, there there is stuff that's like, hey, get double experience for an hour. Right. Uh, but that costs $5. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's no joke. And and it's like $5 for double experience for an hour and there's no way that I can make that actually worth the money. But but the secret is if you just play the game, right? Mm-hmm. You do a couple of quests and you get equipment that has a 5% or 10% bonus to your XP and you put on five pieces of 10% XP yep adding stuff that's free right and you're still getting 50 percent sustained all day you know as long as you keep that armor on so so it's like the cash shop is a a lot of that stuff is there just kind of like for suckers right um but it also gives you those things for free and not just not just as the login bonus but it's like hey you're level 20 here, have this thing that you would have had to pay for in the cash shop. Mm-hmm. Like for, first hits free, kid, right? And you know, get get on the crack with the XP scrolls. Um, <laughs> well, and the thing I think too, where they where they push that is if you're going through with another character, right? You've got your yeah. main, and he's all the way leveled up, and you want to try the necromancer class, or you want to try the warden class, yeah. but you don't necessarily want to play through all these quests again. Although I. You could play a character to max level multiple times and never do the same quest twice. Yeah. But um, I think that's where they get it. Because one of the things in the shop is automatically unlock all the sky shards on this character. But you can only do that if you've unlocked all the sky shards on a different character manually. Right. And and there's the other thing that I find that you don't have to pay a dime for, right? Is once you level a character to 50 and then you start another character, then all of the XP that you've put in champion points is like inherited by the next character. So you don't ever have to regrind that shit. So it, it's like, and talk about something that's, that's like, Hey, I just started a brand new character level one. Right. And I've got like 15 extra skills that I didn't have on my first playthrough. So new game plus is actually a convenience mode. So mm-hmm. please do level a character to 50 before you go into alts because it will save you much grief. You know, that's, um, in, that's interesting that you say that because I, I noticed the other day when I was playing Star Trek, or not Star Trek, but Star Wars The Old Republic for the first time in like forever. One of the things that I noticed was is like a, le- like a legacy thing. So I have like a Sith Sorcerer as like my max level dude. And then I was playing on my Bounty Hunter and I was able to use like Force Lightning as like a special ability. I was like, I was like, where the hell did I get that? And then I was looking through and I was like, oh, because my other character, this, this and that. And I was like, all right. So, yeah, I do. I do appreciate the incentivization of like if you max out one character on your account, then your other characters will get bonuses, too. And Mm -hmm. uh, and speaking of Star Trek Online, Star Trek Online also does that with um, the reputation system. So, like, if you max out the reputation on one character, then all of your other characters will have that on their account. But you have to max it out on one of the characters first. Interesting. Well, and and that's just a way to keep people playing, right? Because, oh, well, I've done all the stuff on this guy, but I could make now a different guy that has different abilities or different 
Uh, I'm going to play a chick or I'm going to play a, a, a dude. I'm going to play a, a a cat person, whatever it is. Um, you know, that's the 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 appeal of those systems. Um, but one thing I was going to point out with ESO's cash shop, there are some crazy expensive things that you can get. They have uh, player housing, but it's not, yeah, oh, I'm going to go build... Well, I mean, it's not, I'm going to go build a house out in the wilderness. Um, it is, hey, we have built a house for you that you can purchase the rights to, and then you get to decorate it whatever you want, but multiple people can own the same house. So it's like a guild housing thing in somehow, yeah, right? You, people use it as guild housing, but it's tied to one specific character. So, yeah. so is there a way for people to contribute? Like, you can't trade, like, crown coins to other players right so so and the reason i bring this up is because that sigic mansion that happens to be like on sale over the holiday here is still fourteen thousand crowns Mm -hmm. that's a hundred and forty dollars of real money for a room that you can put furniture in in a virtual world more crowns for by the way that, that nobody can see unless you invite them over to you because yeah. because the house is there for everybody but i could own the house you could own the house All and right. then when we so walk is... in the front door we go to our own instance so so, yep. so star wars the old republic does that too so like it's got that same kind of housing thing where it's just like i have this house but someone else could have the same house too it's just decorated different but this is where this is where star wars galaxies shined back in the day yes because this is our city that we built from right, a, right. A flat so piece that, of dirt. that's that's Dave's house. That's Sarah's house. There's mm. there's Jim's house over there. Like, and you can walk into the city, and you know all your guildmates if they if it's a guild city, for example. And then you walk. Then maybe if someone's got their house open to like the public to like walk into, they don't have a lock on their door. You can walk in and see how it's all decorated. You can just like walk up to someone's house and see if it's open. Like or even, you could you could make your house a store and hire vendors to stand right. there and sell yeah, shit. Yeah, you buy and, buy NPC vendors and they'll stand there and and yell all day at you know anybody walking by. Which, um, which oddly, Fallout seventy six of all things brought back because yes, that, yeah, wow. actually, yes, actually, that's true. I didn't even think about that. That's a good call. So. So anyway, but but back to the Star Wars Galaxies just for a second. The crazy thing that I loved about that was is like you you got into some like really intricate and like really like people people went to lengths to design things in wacky and unique ways. Like you walk into this this person's house, it's the, it could be the same model house as maybe like the next door neighbor, but like the way that they've used items that they've collected in the game to design the interior is just like wow, this is a completely different house than that house. Um, yeah. And it just was cool that way. Like, you know, there's just a lot of really cool things that, that they did. And even now on like the Legends uh emulation server that you guys can go and play on, um, they they do monthly like um contests, like housing contests. Like people can enter like their designed home into yeah. the contest and like win. So Well that that's the thing about the whole like uh MMO tourist aspect thing of of like hey let's go see what other people made because sometimes that is just way fun is whenever mm. whenever you allow players creativity and then you can go just see what happened right and i bet for the for the developers that's just a continuous joy 
is is just like let's go look at the crazy crap that people made mm-hmm. with the tools that we gave them and you know like that to me that would be like the reason to make something like that is that so i can sit back and enjoy other people having great fun with something and then i can actually see the fruit of their labor so uh an an interesting mmo that has embraced the shit out of that is warframe of all things because they have that whole dojo thing for your for your warframe clan and that actually is a thing where all members that are that are in the clan can contribute resources right and then the people who are administrators of the guild can then take that stuff and craft the decorations and put it wherever but it can be designed by committee right Hmm. but it's but it's definitely like resource collection by committee because everybody throws stuff in right and then what you get out so uh, i have seen people build some insane shit so the girl that was in near automata Mm -hmm. um there was a dojo that was featured in like the weekly thing. And when you went in there, they had used like containers and other in-game objects and created a statue of her that was like leaning over the space station. You know, like in Blade Runner 2049, when they had like the giant hologram of the robot girl, like in the street, they made that with the Japanese robot character from near. Oh, like wow. standing outside the window of the space station, but they made her out of out of like storage containers and and just like room decoration junk. But when you got back from it a little bit, it was like a it was like a sculpture of the thing, and it was just like that's mind bending. And the developers do developer streams like at least once a month, and they will feature player created content that's in there. And that's it's cool. like well, that's dynamite. So back to Star Trek Online. Why did Star Trek Online take the player created quest content out of the game? So so it wasn't just that too. It was um uh Neverwinter Online as well had the same problem. They like they took all of the they took all of the player created content out of that and all the player created content out of Star Trek Online. And the reason why they did that was because it didn't conform with the new updates that they were doing to the game. So, like, they are putting in new content into the game, new things. It, it broke a lot of player-created content. Instead of trying to help yeah. go back and fix all that, they just said, well, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, but... And that's okay, so the, so the real thing would have been, like, hey, if you made this content, we just updated the game and it broke your stuff. So you, as the content creator, have to go fix your shit, right? Um or or just not and it's dead you know well, or, but, or offer a version of the game like warcraft world of warcraft classic where you, uh, you don't like, you don't want to support legacy versions of stuff though but yeah well, yeah Be, because then then it's like now you got to upkeep double right and, true. and and the game freezes in time if people want to stick to that version but you're trying to sell them stuff in the new version so you you screw your money flow up. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons not to. But um, I just feel like instead of abandoning the system, just be like, hey, we've changed a lot, which is going to invalidate all the player made shit up till now. So we're going to wipe it. But the tool set is updated so you can remake it. So come on back and do it again. Yeah, right. Rather than say, hey, we're just not going to allow you to make stuff anymore. Because I, to me, that would have been like, 
if I was going to create content in the game, that could have been great fun. If, if I was like a huge Star Trek fan, I could be in there like writing my own Star Trek canon stuff, right? Like here, here's the adventures of the USS Pickle and <laughs> come along, you know, um, it, because I'm sure that a, a lot of the people that were creators had their their following of fans. It's like, oh, yeah, I always play this guy's missions because they rock or whatever. Um yeah, it's yeah, well, I mean, just there's, sad. There's, there's there's lessons to be made from this, and I think another uh, the lesson, another the another, lesson is well, freaking Eve well, Online or not Eve Online Elite Dangerous needs to put that player created mission shit in their game. Like I've been banging my shoe on the table and screaming for five years. More they more. need to, but they, they need to put player created content well, in there because the galaxy's freaking empty. Right, and so where I was going to go with this, and I agree with you on on the Elite Dangerous thing, but I think a lesson to be learned here, though, is you can almost say that you could almost say that e, uh, um, Grand Theft Auto Online is almost a persistent world, not quite, because it's all instance based, so it's not necessarily like a continuation of a living, breathing world. However, um, they do have a plethora of player created content out the wazoo with their racing stuff and like all of the like special like oh yeah uh, super do like player and so it's just like all of that stuff is just super and it's pretty interesting too because like i've gone and like seen some like uh people stream some of the stuff some twitch streamers like stream some just like crazy racing maps where you have to do like stupid stunts and like use the goofy grand theft auto physics to your advantage to pull off yeah like like remember we were playing that thing where it was it was like half the players were up on top of a bridge thing and the other players were in armored cars trying to jump up and knock them down and you had rocket launchers right yeah so there was that and then there was that other one that where it was like speed, where it's like there's there's the guy driving the bus, and if the bus slows down, it explodes. So he's got to keep going. And then there's the other cars that have to ram him and stop him to make yep. him blow up. And yep. they put that on special for a whole weekend. So like the entire community was doing nothing but grinding that because that was the best way to make money in the game, right? So we played it till we got like physically ill from it. <laughs> Yeah, that was, but that was a fun weekend though. Like we played a lot of that and we had a lot of good laughs and a lot of good fun, but it, it, it yeah. made it interesting. But yeah, it's just like, you know, that kind of stuff when you, when you allow the community to make player made stuff, granted you're opening up the door for the weird, but, um, you're also opening up the door to like, see some really cool things and some like really cool, like there are some, there are some people out there that can make things in Minecraft that'll blow your mind. <laughs> Right, yes. like just yeah. just sure blow your mind, and then there's other times where you like log onto a server and it's nothing but dicks, and so it's like, you know, you you, you get both sides of the coin with that. Yeah, as as because... someone who ran a a Minecraft server where the express goal was to create the best biggest uh, examples of that particular genre, <laughs> I take a little bit of offense at your your comment, but. <laughs> But um, no, I mean, yeah, p- player content is awesome. There are people out there who could be doing this professionally and aren't for whatever reason, and you give them an outlet and they can do amazing things. One of the problems that all of these things have, though, is they make things that are kind of irrespective of other people's copyright a lot of times. And Well, that's that's a thing. 
Well, this like, is uh, where this like this is where dual universe I feel is going to run into problems, right? Like, I mean, just the other day I, I walked into somebody's hangar in dual universe and there's a Tie Fighter strapped to the ceiling. Mm. Well, how do you get around that? Because I asked the guy, and the guy said, well, it's creative liberty, right? Because it's not exactly a one-to-one of a TIE fighter. It's just, it just it looks like one. It's similar to the one, but it's but it's also at the creative liberty of the person who made it. So, I mean, like, they, they put their own flair on it. So you could almost call it, like, um, whatever they homage call it. Homage like, or... Uh, or... A mod or homage or creative liberty or, you know, inspired by or... I was like, well, that's interesting how you get away with that because it's it's not exactly a one to one true, but you know what they're trying to make here. So this is a not Tie Fighter. Well, how do you get away with that though? Because it's not the developer making it; it was a user that made it. So it's just kind of like, is that is that the same kind of argument that can be made from the modding scene? You know, when like you have these total conversion mods, like Star Trek Armada Three is like one of the greatest examples that I can give because that's such a great game, but yet that's clearly. These are models based off of Star Trek stuff, and um, but the developer doesn't get in trouble for that. They just allowed it to happen, you know. So it's kind of like I, I think the licensing thing. If you allow the licensing thing to be where like I can upload a picture and it's a direct image of, or a, an exact screenshot from, or that's one thing, or like exactly like you you've uploaded music of. It's not like taking a MIDI file, you know, and kind of putting your own flair on it and saying this is Stairway to Heaven, but it's like a MIDI file Stairway to Heaven and it's an elf playing it in Lord of the Rings online. You know, it's just like, um, you know, there's, there's, some, there's some creative freedoms there that are a little bit different. But yeah, on the whole, you, you do run into liability issues with some of these things at times and it, and it can be a problem and... Um, these persistent world games are definitely fun, and I think it'll be a good opportunity for us um, down the road uh, as Other Worlds GG to do exactly like what Jim mentioned earlier, is to do some some persistent world tourism, some MMO tourism, to go and look at these games. Not just not just because of what the players have made, but also like what the developers have made. Like, let's go take a look at this thing over here. Let's like let's go see what they've built in this in this world and experience just you know the awe and beauty of it. So would you say you want to explore other worlds together? Yeah, oh my god. There it is. <laughs> it's like it's like It's like when they say the tagline in the or like the tagline of the movie in the movie. That's yeah. right. Yes, yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is kind of the fun thing and I I think, you know, we we are of varied uh, economic uh income and things like that, but you know, one of the cool things is free to play games are a great way to get in and just get to try something. Or when a game goes on super duper sale, like Eve or uh, Elder Scrolls, like you can uh, kind of dip your toe in and see if this is for you. I've spent money on games that I ended up hating, you know, and and so uh, I love the fact that we have these free to play games, even if sometimes their uh, monetization is all over the top, because at least I can go in and see if it's for me absolutely absolutely but we'll i mean we'll pretty we'll we'll carry on this conversation for sure and, and probably some future shows and definitely on our discord community speaking of which we are running a contest over not necessarily a contest but a giveaway over on our discord server so if you go to discord.otherworlds.gg you guys can get to our discord server when we get up to 100 members we're going to be doing some uh, giveaways we got some amazon 25 dollars gift card giveaways we're going to be giving away one a week 
for four weeks um, to our members over there. So come on over, uh, join in on the conversations, participate in the giveaway, have a good time. Um, so there's that. Uh, it's, what else it's we got going? It's the 100 for 100 giveaway. There you go. The 100 for 100. There you go. Um, what else we got going on, Mellified? Anything else interesting? I know we do um, our Friday night community nights, yeah? We do our Friday night community nights. Um, we, we've got to do a Minecraft night coming up. We have a wonderful Minecraft realm that needs some love. It needs some buildings. It needs some, uh, some creativity applied to it. So that, I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great example of persistent world we didn't get a chance to talk to is Minecraft. Um, at least too much. But, um, you know, I, one of the best things about the community in my mind is just the conversation. We have some great chat going on. Um, we have members from all over the world already, uh, as small as we are still. And uh, so there's always somebody who's got kind of a different perspective that might be uh, fun for you to talk to. So come on, by, come on by and check it out. Well, that has been episode number 11. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you later. Yeah.